Welcome to Hidden Secrets to Leadership Success, the podcast that helps you be the leader you were meant to be. Our speakers are Hector McAhern and Steve Royal, both experienced leaders in their own right. They will share with you more about their careers and background as our podcasts evolve. As you will hear, leadership is a fascinating subject with literally hundreds of definitions. But the purpose of these podcasts is simple for Hector and Steve. They want you to be a better leader. No matter where you are now, what they have to share is vital to your future leadership success. So let's jump in. Here are Hector McAhern and Steve Royal. Welcome back to Hidden Secrets to Leadership Success. Hector and I are here today to uh, talk about more of the characteristics of effective leadership and how you can use that to improve your leadership and to gain the kind of recognition that your career deserves. We're going to talk today about probably an obscure characteristic, one that a lot of folks probably wouldn't talk about, but it really is is an important one, and in our experience, one that that shows up, and that that characteristic that we're going to talk about is courageous. We don't often think about business leaders being courageous. It's a term more often referred to as military or people who are in that sort of line of work, but a courageous leader in the business sense is a leader that faces difficult situations head-on, regardless of who is involved or the consequences, and they seek facts and clarity, not blame. So, uh, Hector, you want to jump in and tell us a little bit about your experiences with courageous leaders? What a great, great topic to talk about. And I love your definition of it being somewhat obscure because people don't talk about it much. They don't identify it as a a trait that really gets you what I call in the gut. Being, I, I say having courage is to me the element of of setting the stage for all of the others to answer to. So if if you are courageous, you are able to be a great listener, you're respected, you have listening skills, just a whole lot of things happen if you are, in fact, courageous. And I spent a lot of time during my career examining myself to figure out, am I being courageous with this decision that I have to make? And I will tell you, Steve, one of the things that really appeals to me now as you and I are talking about courage and and the whole issue of courageous is the whole issue around diversity and equity. The issue of where do you go when you have an opportunity to be courageous as it relates to a bad joke or some such thing that people tend to say, well, you know, I'm not going to work. I'm, I'm going to look over that and go on to something different. It is very, very important that in order for us to achieve this, that we really have to exercise how to be courageous. And I think part of it is just understanding personally 
What does it really mean to want? What, what does it really mean that I am courageous or not? I, I, I certainly get what you're, you're talking about there because uh, the whole issue of how do we respond to situations that are uncomfortable, that when something happens that uh, we know is perhaps hurtful to somebody else or, or doesn't recognize what's, what might be hurtful to them can be an awkward and often very tension-filled situation. So uh, being courageous enough to take the right steps, and, and every situation is different, so the right steps may not be as easily to identify, but recognizing a, an inappropriate joke or an inappropriate uh, comment are always a part of this being courageous. And I think when we first wrote this definition, we probably didn't include enough of that nuance to, to include it. But I think as we, as we explore this, in today's environment, that's a critical area. Mm-hmm, but, um, mm-hmm. That in the past, you might have been able to, as you said, you might have been able to simply, well, okay, we'll let that go for the moment. We won't, th- won't think about it. But I think in today's environment, this is especially true for new leaders or leaders new to the situation they're in. You really can't let that go. You really, you really need, and I'm, I'm sure the organizations that most of our listeners are, are part of have already established issues and, and approaches to dealing with these kind of situations that makes this, uh, this conversation even more important. I agree with that, and I think it's important to really get into it. So, for example, I'm thinking, Steve, about being the leader in a meeting and observing patterns in that meeting in which you see the same people always talking. Right. And often the same people always getting the recognition and trying to get to the point that you do something about it. So if, if you're in a meeting and I'm talking and there is a person in that meeting that ne- almost never says anything, but you have a way of knowing that they have good thoughts and you want them to contribute, how do you go about helping that person, one, get involved, and two, how do you deal with the person who is presumably, I'll just say this for lack of a better term, dominating the meeting right? as a courageous person. Yeah. As a courageous leader, you, you really do have to reach out to that uh, person that's not involved. And, you know, we do a lot of work with, uh, with the Myers-Briggs and we talk about introverts, extroverts, and sometimes person who's not saying anything is simply working off of their own introverted personality, which is fine. But as a leader, you've got to be able to reach out to that person without putting them on the spot and recognizing that their um, lack of participation is not because of lack of interest or, or lack of think something to contribute, but really just a part of how they process the information. And so one of the things you have to recognize is that they may be processing everything, processing everything that's going on, but not, not feeling comfortable enough to to express it. So that's sort of one one aspect of what you were just saying. But the uh, the other is that 
they may be reticent, that person may be reticent to speak up or to offer because of something that's happened or some treatment that they, they've perceived that didn't work out as well as they, they wanted it to or, or was perceived as being a slight of some sort. So, Steve, what are you? Are you an et- introvert or extrovert? Actually, if you put it on the scale that Myers-Briggs uses, I'm right in the middle. And, you know, one of the uh, interesting things when, I, when people have asked me that question, you can always tell an introvert because in a group setting, they may be participating uh, early in the process. But, and you say, well, hey, that person's really outgoing, maybe extroverted a little bit. And then in about five minutes, you'll see them walk off into a corner or go get a drink or, or you know, sort of step out for a minute. And that's sort of the way I am. I can go into a cocktail party or a party of some sort, and I can talk, you know, with everybody for five or 10 minutes. And then I have to sort of slip off a little bit and let my battery recharge. So I'm right in the middle of that. I can be extroverted as I need to be at the moment, but not for, not for a whole party. So, well, I, I am. How about you? So tell me about you. I'm an introvert and, uh, actually have gotten, I won't call it reprimanded, but I have gotten advised that Hector, you know, I think you have a lot to contribute, but you aren't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you need to speak up. You need to have an opinion. You need to share what's on your mind more. Right. And so one of the, the last reviews I got, a criticism of mine was, you need to come out. And I knew I was an introvert, and I, I always felt like, and uh, it'll be interesting to hear your opinion on this. I, I felt like people just talk too much. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and I, I, I looked at it and I tried to, to get clear on it, but I got advice that you need to, you need to talk more. Well, even if they talk too much, you need to talk yeah. to yeah. shut that down. But, uh, it was a struggle of mine, Steve. Well, I think it's one of those things that when we were, when we we're talking about it is that the leader of that meeting or those meetings or the leader of the groups that you're talking about really does need to be sensitive to the people that are contributing and whether you're, you're getting the, all the, the good advice that you're, that you're seeking as the leader of that group. And if you're not, if you've got someone like yourself who's holding and doesn't feel comfortable sort of voicing an opinion right in the middle of it. As a leader, you've got to reach out and, t- and, and help that person come out mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because being courageous is, is what we're talking about. And so what you're actually helping is that introverted person like yourself be a little more courageous and really offer their opinion out there. And that, that means building an environment that, that fosters that kind of, of discussion. So the other part of this courageous part of the, part of the process we're looking at, I think, has to deal with being courageous enough to look at a situation and deal with it head on. And beyond the introvert extrovert sort of thing, it sort of is involved with if you're the leader and you find yourself in a situation that is difficult, that the, the difficult situation can be all sorts of things. And I, you know, I often use the examples, but when I was with one of the consulting firms that I worked to spend most of my career with, 
at the end of sort of the the glory days of that that organization, we began to run into some trouble that was pretty significant, and so the owner and and founder of the company was faced with sort of coming to all of us and talking about what the real situation was. And I always have have thought that was a uh, particularly courageous way to to handle the situation, rather than hiding it or simply going off with a few very trusted advisors. He actually came out and uh, in a company-wide meeting back when we could all be together before the, the Zoom's uh, env- environment. He came out and explained exactly what was going on very courageously, took very specific responsibility for the situation that we found ourselves in, and, and basically was not only upfront and honest about what the situation was, but was also um, courageous enough to take uh, most of the blame for where we were. Now, that wasn't literally true. I mean, he, didn't, uh, he wasn't responsible for everything that went wrong, but enough of it that he took, uh, he took particular responsibility for that. And, and one thing about a courageous person is they exercise the will to take the blame. Right. As opposed to the credit. Right. And a lot of leaders work very hard to avoid the blame. Oh, yeah. yeah. And work to take the credit. But the other thing that I found out that, that was very interesting is, is in merger and, and acquisitions. When there is a merger and acquisition or some kind of coming together with, with groups, it is a good time to establish your parameters around being courageous or not. It's a good time to show and demonstrate that your goal, which is very important, is not to blame. Right. right. Your goal is to get clarity and a clear understanding of facts. And I think that is one of the things that leaders often miss. It is so much easier to cast blame than it is to deal with uh, clarity and reality. And one of the things we have to do as leaders is always work to determine what are the facts in this situation. Right. And in mergers and acquisitions, you got a real challenge because whatever side you are on, you don't know the other side. Right. And so the, the, the tendency is to take your side and blame the other side. Right. Yep. And uh, if, if that, they, to me, is, is a real no-no. Yep. Yeah, that, that sort of going into that meeting we were talking about in uh, – saying, well, this would all have gone away if we'd used our system rather than the one which you, that you chose to use, the mm-hmm. your system. Actually, I had a similar conversation of that just recently with an organization. I won't, I won't use names, but they were blaming their lack of service on uh, not having uh, the right access to, to system access. So it, it was very similar to that. The other thing that this whole culture and, and courageousness issue is, it really is a culture issue. And so one of the things, and we've talked about culture issues in some of our other uh, uh, podcasts, but a culture of that supports secrecy is one that's destined to have, have some problems. Mm-hmm. And 
and it doesn't necessarily, when I say culture, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm talking about the whole organization-wide culture, but the culture of the unit that you're in or the, uh, the division you're in or, or that sort of thing, and whether that, that, that unit has a culture of secrecy and, and, and withholding facts and withholding information as a control fact, not a control issue. So when you look at cultures, that's one of the, the things that often comes up when, when I'm doing the kind of work that I do, and that is looking at how do people interact and how comfortable do they feel bringing up an uncomfortable or difficult situation. And not being comfortable with bringing up that situation is a clear indication that things aren't working well. Mm-hmm. And if if everybody withholds the negative information, especially withholds it from the boss or the the people who can actually do something about it, then you're really running into a, a, a problem that can be significantly damaging going forward. That's that's so true. And working with the culture in a way that you can identify in that particular unit that that is going on actually gets pretty easy after a while because everything that you put out, it it doesn't come back to you. It's like somebody is out working with the information and it, as it comes back, it's totally different than you put it out there. Yep. So I, th- I, think, I think that is so important to make certain that as a culture, leaders make certain that their culture, and some cultures you can't control, but the culture that you are dealing with, make certain that that culture is filled with courageous leaders and make certain that you allow that as an example to be shown by people who demonstrate it. Right. Because I've seen some people who really, I thought, demonstrated a great deal of courage. But what they got back was, yeah. I ain't doing that. Exactly. <laughs> I am not doing that again. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've actually got an experience like that, but I won't share it with everybody because the the innocent might be, might be yeah, it's it, it's really important to when we talk about this is that it's one thing to say that you to be a leader you need to be courageous and and that's easy for us to sort of put on a list of of things that are important, but actually doing it, actually having that experience, especially when what you may be talking about isn't the most pleasant thing to talk about, could really. It could really damage your own career, and if that's not the environment, if you don't handle it correctly and and work it and work it, and I think that's another issue that we need to look at for this being courageous. You don't want to be the person who's always bringing up the negative or the problems. That's also a, while that might be courageous, you also need to figure out a way. If you if you're facing a lot of problems and things aren't going well, you're being the one who's pointing them out to everybody may not be the best way to handle it. I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem. You're right. But I also think that as you think about yourself in in these types of positions, make certain that you give attention to being a courageous leader. So, for example, I think everything that we will talk about, for the most part, has to do with those characteristics that are generally 
not recognizable at on face value. So, for example, honest, respected, that sort of thing. It's one of those things that you kind of know when you are. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're not doing it, it's hard to know. Right. But I do think courageous, being courageous, for, I guess from the root word courage, is the ability to pay close attention to seeking facts and clarity. And and one of the things I was going to say is when you are trying to do that, doing it without blame is very, very difficult. And so oftentimes you have to acknowledge up front it's, it's in, important for us to get to the bottom of this issue. And my goal is not to blame anyone. Right. But we have to deal with it. Yeah, we have to find out what's going on and, yeah. and what, the, what the causes of that are. Yeah, the, the, the laying of blame is both a cultural issue that we've talked about, but also it's just it, it's something that, I guess, again, I'd say psychologically, people sort of feel like they need to do because it takes the blame off of them. And so they're trying to find somebody who, to, to, who they can, what, what reasonable thing they can find to blame that the reason for it happening rather than taking their own responsibility. And that's, a, I mean, that's, and that's, I mean, it's, everybody's terrible if they, if they try to find uh, the, the, the blame issue. It's just that it's very much human nature that you do that. And one of the things that, I think about when we think about this being courageous in a, a bad situation or being courageous in, in any in any culture. Let me ask you this. How do you handle that process where you're in a meeting and the people around you are perhaps senior to you and they're talking about something that's going to happen? You mentioned mergers and acquisitions. So let's say they... They bring up this, okay, we, you know, we, we need to share with everybody that we're in the process of talking to XYZ company and looks like this is going to go forward. And so you'll be, you'll see a lot of activity going around that um, may, may look a little unusual. You get some information like that. So now you got to go back to your group and they say, say, of course, and don't talk about this for the next three weeks. Mm. <laughs> so. Then one of your subordinates comes up to you and says, I just heard that fill in the blank that, you know, we're merging, we're, we're being bought, being sold, whatever. How do you handle that? Well, I think being courageous does not mean that you tell everything you know. Right. It, it's very important as a leader that you get, you, you decide what your group needs to, de- to hear when your group needs to hear it. And I would, I would kind of say there are a lot of things happening because people know what's going on. And I would probably say there are a lot of things happening with our group right now, some of which I am willing to share, others of which I am not prepared. Right. So rather than, in other words, how does that look like courage? To me, that looks like courage in your willingness to state what it is without revealing what's going on. Right. So you say, 
No, I'm not. I can't tell you that right now. Right. But I will when it's appropriate. And my commitment to you is you will from me when it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, and I think, and then living, living that out is the the important thing. And then as we've talked about, sort of making sure that people see that is part of the, uh, part of the issue. What would you say to a new leader that's faced with the situation of being courageous about, let's just use one that probably does come up. You're in sales, you're leading a small sales group and you're Best salesperson just lost the best, the biggest deal that you've had for a while. So you have to go to your boss and tell them what's going on. How do you, how do you handle that? Well, I'm going to turn that one over to you as a sales leader (laughs) (laughs) at at a high level of, of your career. I have some thoughts about it, but I depend on you to, to respond to that. So what do you, what do you tell them? (laughs) Well. It's the, in any sales organization, it's the uh, temptation to uh, blame it on the customer. That's the first thing is that, you know, our customer led us on and then didn't tell us all the right things and so forth. But um, the real, the real issue is that facts are facts. And so when you go in to have this conversation and talk about it, um, trying not to, and, and you're really not looking for blame because You've got a good salesperson who's out there and they're working hard. Um, we're all going to fail at some point. We're going to miss miss something or uh, we're going to think the customer needs X and they actually need Y and we just missed it. I mean, those are those are realities that that come up in any any sales organization. You hopefully they don't come up very often, but mm-hmm. the the real the real answer to it as far as that is to be honest with the boss and tell them what happened. I mean, if 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 it was uh, a missed opportunity, a missed question, a missed a presentation, that what those sort of things are, and basically, if and, and if your boss is in the right place, you sort of fit figure out what the issues are and make sure that we don't do that again. Everybody makes mistakes; just don't make it a second time. That's the uh, and that and that's so you have to really use that situation as a as a learning experience and sort of say okay. We missed that one, but we'll we'll learn from it. We won't make that mistake again. And that's, you know, a lot of leaders have talked about that, is that leadership is not about being right all the time. Well, it's very seldom about being right all the time. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it is so seldom that in reality it's not possible. Right. You can't be right all the time. <laughs> but I agree with you that if I'm in a situation like that, my my initial approach would be to get all of the information. You know, what happened? Let's talk about what happened. And and my goal in these kinds of situations, Steve, is to work very, very closely, I think, with the person. So you made the sale. So, Steve, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. At some point, you're going to say to me, well, well Hector, this is what happened. I lost the client. And then we get into solutions. Yep. So what happened? Well, he just walked away or whatever they, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. And that way you save the blame. Right. And you quickly turn that situation into one that the goal is, how do we get the next one 
How do we win with this one? Do we go back to this same person? What do we do in this situation now? Right. And uh, all of those things work so closely together. And it, it, it always goes to me that y- you've got to have very, very, a very, very good culture on the one hand and in, incredible, I think, communication. Right. Yeah. It, because all of us are in whatever, and we use the sales example, but all of us are going to make mistakes in the, in the, the, the scheme of things. It's impossible for us not to make mistakes. And at one level, I was talking to a person about this the other day. You know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Because we, quite frankly, learn very little from what we do well. We learn a whole lot more from what we don't do well and what didn't work. And so, not that I want anybody to go out and make mistakes just for the ability to make mistakes. But that's that's really where the learning occurs. And the value of learning is often from someone else so you don't just learn from yourself right you learn based on your interaction with other people right so i learn from you and you learn from me right. and all of a sudden the two of us learning is better than the one of us right. trying to trying to learn how to do that yeah. yeah that's that's great though i i love that example and i hope the people that are listening to us really understands how powerful being a courageous leader can make you. One, or two, how weak it can make you. Because if you are without courage and your goal generally is to awful facts and, you know, clarity w- w- without blame, if, if you are into that, you're going to run into a whole lot of problems, I believe, commanding and leading a group. Right. And aside from that, if you don't walk the talk, at some point, you will start to not be appreciated as a courageous leader. Right. You know, as a downside to, I mean... (laughs) This person just doesn't tell the truth. Just doesn't tell the truth, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we begin to get to to that. Let me switch us a little bit because I want to take us more into one of the questions about what do leaders and especially young leaders that we're we're talking to, but what what do leaders at all levels, how do you deal with today's environment? And what I mean by today's environment really goes to the cancel culture that we talked about mistakes and that you learn from mistakes and so forth. But in the, in the world of the cancel culture today, how do you, how do you perceive that it's possible to be courageous in an environment where you could, and most of us won't ever deal with that because we're not really uh, very high up on the visibility scale from, from what we're, what our jobs do. But, but it's still an issue about how do, you, how do you deal with this this whole issue of cancel culture? Any thoughts? Well, that is a great question. And, you know, and, and as I think about all of this stuff, I think you have to have a tendency to be honest and open and courageous in whatever you do. And I think, Whatever the culture is, you have to take a stand 
and you have to apply the principles and guidance that we are talking about to help you get to where you need to go. Right. So it's it's hard for me to just to to stay straight out. This is how I would do deal with this or that because so much has to do with the culture you are operating in now. Exactly. And paying attention to that is so important, but recognizing in all of that, this is my belief, this is what I believe, and this is how I stay true to myself, yeah. which, which, which is one of the things we'll get to at, at some point is the whole issue of self-awareness. Like, what value, what belief do I bring to this situation? Regardless of what happens, right. what 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 is my value? What what do what am I willing to stand on? And it, and if it's different, you either need to be convinced of what makes it different, or you got to stick to what you believe in. Yeah, um, I think you're you're exactly right. And and when I was uh, sort of thinking through this this whole topic, and I I, I wrote down the uh, the cancel culture question, just to uh, sort of see how we how we move, because you know it's more contemporary today than than absolutely stuff we've been talking about. I think you're right. But I did write down just to, to follow up on what you're saying: your own beliefs and your own belief system. And this is really simple, and me people may think that it's it's way too simplistic, but it's really simple to me. It is the golden rule. I mean, the way we treat people should be the way we want to be, and, and you know, however you. You apply that in your life, but that's really what we're all, what we're, we're talking about here. And so if you're talking about being courageous and dealing with difficult situations, how would you like for those things to be dealt with? If you were on the other receiving side of, of this uh, discussion, and I think those are the things that we need to keep in mind. It's the simple things, the straightforward things that really help us to have those relationships with each other and we build those relationships and that we we can be courageous without blaming. We we can understand the situation and gain more insight into it if we are listening, just as we started off this, this whole conversation about introverts and extroverts. And if we really apply that to how we how we move forward. Does that make sense? That makes that makes all the sense in the world. And I think the same principle, the golden rule, applies as we think about diversity and inclusion. Yep. What are you being led to do that's fair in this situation right now? And I think you could say, I will apply the golden rule. And if you do that, it's hard for me to believe you'll do the wrong thing. Right. Now, I might, we might disagree and we might agree to disagree. But if I apply that, what's clear is I'm going to listen to you. Right. One, <laughs> I'm going to take to heart what you have to say. Two, and I'm going to be authentic with you. Right. I'm, go I'm going to do those things in our exchange. And if we commit to do that, 
it's hard for me to believe, Steve, that we can't move in a positive direction. I think you're, I think you're exactly right. And we, you know, I, I think listening to each other, trying to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and understanding at least to the extent that we can, and we, none of us can understand what the other person is doing, but, but we understand how we would be, would act in that situation. So if we put ourselves into that, we are more likely to have an open discussion. And one of the things that you and I talked about some time ago in, in, uh, in a conversation that we were having, I made the statement that I thought we probably were brought up differently. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And you corrected me pretty pretty quickly and said, no, he said, I bet if we examine how we were brought up, we were brought up pretty much the same way. And as we have had those conversations since then, I've come to realize you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we had similar experiences in different environments and different processes, but our parents gave us the, the, almost the same kinds of lectures and guidance and so forth as we, uh, as we came along. Um, and, and we've been able to, to, to exercise that. So I think that, that means that it's easier for you and I to have a conversation about diversity and equity because I do understand part of how, part of how you grew up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you understand part of how I grew up. So we can have those discussions much more, much more openly. And I think that's because we both recognize that we're trying to do the same thing. That we're trying to do the same thing and we're trying to do it the right way. Right. Which moves me to my question for you, Steve, is, is our audience going to feel like all of what we are talking about is too simplistic? I mean, this stuff sounds so, so easy to do in terms of what we're talking about, like the golden rule. I mean, yeah. and I, I do want to say to our audience, I really wish you would not treat it that way. Because even though the things that we are talking about are simple, they are very hard to do. Right. <laughs> so don't, don't get, don't get it confused. That's right. You, you, <laughs> to do what we are talking about requires some tremendous soul searching. And I believe that is the reason that so many leaders fail. Yep. Because they have not given these kinds of things the kind of attention that they are, that they deserve. And even now, wow. Talk about a different kind of culture. Just think about the world we live in now. I mean, wow. Yep. And the people that we're encouraging leaders now to supervise and lead, they are not the same on the one hand. And at some point, you and I will discuss how different is it, really? Right. I mean, how different is the millennials from the Xers. Yeah. What, what, what's going on that makes them different or alike? So yeah. that's another, that's a point that's, for another discussion. For another <laughs> well, you know, I'm an avid golfer, so I'm going to give you a, a golf analogy for your question about, or your issue about simple and easy. And I'll use golf. Golf is a really simple game. 
you take a stick and you hit a ball. <laughs> I mean, it is just, you know, and you do it 18 times and you're, you know, you're done. So it's not hard to understand. But anybody who plays golf at whatever level will tell you it is the hardest thing you'll ever do. And you will end, you will never master it. So uh, simple, but he's a, golf is extremely simple and just not easy. So That's a great example. I'm not a golfer, but I will tell you, watching people like you, after you've played and, <laughs> and come home, yeah, it's, yeah. it's clear. It, it's it's clear. clear. Yeah. Well, my, my buddies would tell you that too. So, <laughs> so we've had a pretty wide-ranging discussion here, and, and I think one that really brings up a lot of other issues as, uh, as we've talked about it. And uh, so I really appreciate your, your thoughts. Any final thoughts before we uh, sign off? Well, I always say, and I, I don't want this to sound spectacular in any way, please listen to us. What we are saying matters, and I promise you it will do you good. Even if you tomorrow said, you know, I'm going to be very conscientious about being courageous. I'm going to pay attention to that in myself and even that small step will take you a very long ways so stick with us on this yeah. really stick with us on this well said thank you actor that was great guys and thank you for listening please let us know how you like today's podcast and send us your thoughts to dh mckayhern at the mckayhern group or S. Royal at actionpointpartners.com.